Are you one of those people who enjoy nurturing their body with a home-cooked meal each and every week or every day? Do you relish the benefits of cooking at home from a nutritious and convenient standpoint? Do you maximize your time in the kitchen to live a healthier, happier, and more productive lifestyle? Or do you enjoy the quick and easy convenience of eating out? Well, in order to provide some background context to this conversation, I want to provide you with some data from our friends over at One Poll. According to a recent survey conducted by One Poll on behalf of Bosch Home Appliances, it revealed Americans spend roughly 67 minutes in the kitchen every day, which is equivalent to approximately 400 hours in the kitchen every year. Statistics from 2019 also indicate only 8.4% of Americans spend more than an hour cooking a weekly meal. If you spend any length of time with my friend Amy Lawrence, she'll help you rededicate yourself to a love of cooking and show you the practical and tangible benefits of a good home-cooked meal and how it can help you lose weight, save time and money, reduce calories, and so much more. And not to mention having fun along the way. As a respected food blogger and the CEO of Gourmet Done Skinny, Amy helps people save time, money, and calories with her unique food prep method and she's combined her love of cooking and her experiences in life to produce healthy and gourmet recipes for her food blog gourmetdunskinning.com and helping people to live happier, healthier, and more nutritious lifestyles all through recipes, conversation, and a passion for cooking. And Lawrence joined me this week to tell me more. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. take a moment to welcome you to the program and I'm super excited to talk all about your passion of cooking and helping people live healthier lives. Great to see you and thank you for a few minutes my friend. Well thank you. 
Absolutely. Now, uh, Amy, I, I'm fascinated to learn about your mission behind Gourmet Dunskinnies. So tell me all about your mission and why you love what you do. Well, it kind of came to me in a different way. Um, I Originally, I was a special ed teacher a long time ago. And I um, opened, I wanted to open a restaurant when my um, kids were little. And so I opened a tea room and gift shop and it was great. I had a wonderful time. And in 2014, I um, had an accident doing Pilates actually. And I tore my vertebral artery, which caused a stroke. And I was 45 at the time. And it kind of woke me up to life. And so I, I'd always loved cooking and all that. But um, when, when that happened, it just really kind of took me back by surprise. And so I sold my tea business and I decided I wanted to go to India and, and see all the tea fields because I was into tea and, and uh, all that. And I did that. And then when I got back from India, um, I realized after the stroke, I was just so happy to be alive that I just ate and ate and I gained like 40 pounds. I gained a lot of weight. And when I got back from India, I saw those pictures and I, and I just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just looked so terrible. And I thought, oh, I got to do something about this. And so I uh, joined a, a weight loss program, Weight Watchers actually. And I did that for, for a few years and um, lost a bunch of weight, but their recipes to me weren't, um, they were bland. They just, they were boring. And because I love to cook and I had created my own recipes with my restaurant, I just thought, well, I can make healthy recipes. I can do a healthy food blog. And so that's how Gourmet Done Skinny was born um, because I wanted to do my own healthy recipes. Um, so that's how that's how my passion, I've always loved to cook ever since I was in the sixth grade. Uh, my mom hated to cook, but I always loved to cook and opening the restaurant was great. And I love doing that. But really my food blog and my food membership, those are that's what I'm really passionate about now for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and just going back to your tea room for just a second, because I know it's also won some awards. So uh, yes. I, I'm sure yes. that, that it did. It, yeah, I'm sure that was a, a positive time in your life. And, and tell me, how did that experience help you to sort of propel your uh, your next chapter? I'm fascinated. Well, um, so when I did, so I had taught special ed for like 11 years and then I decided to stay home and I'm just not really a stay at home mom. So, but I had um, gone to a tea room with my mom and I just absolutely loved it. It was selling gifts and um, creating beautiful afternoon tea, tea sandwiches, desserts and things like that. And so I was very passionate about it, but I had no restaurant experience at all. Um, I just was a home cook. I liked to cook and everybody told me it couldn't be done, but I didn't listen. And so I opened my tea room and yeah, we did, we won best tea room in the um, small tea room in the U S in I think it was 2006. And I did that for seven years. I loved it. It I was, I really did love it, but it was a lot of hard work and I had 13 staff. And at some point I decided that was a little bit too much for me. So that's when I closed it and I opened a tea shop. My husband um, got a job with Amazon and we moved to Washington. So I got a, so I opened a tea shop in Washington for a while. And then that's where I had the stroke and everything else happened. But, but yeah, all the hard work and all the learning how to food prep and all of that, uh, a lot of that came from the tea room, from those tea room days, making homemade food and, 
and, you know, making everybody feel um, wonderful and have this wonderful tea experience with their friends. And I don't know, I'm, I was very passionate. Food to me is love. And I was, I'm very passionate about that, you know, serving beautiful food for people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just before we uh, move on, I, I have to commend you for the 11 years you spent as a, a, a special a, a needs educator, Amy, because I uh, was born with cerebral palsy. So there's a special place in my heart for a special needs educators. So I just wanted to say thank you for uh, uh, dedicating a portion of your life to that. That was fabulous. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that that was a really near and dear time in my life. I I, I taught mostly um, uh, autistic students, severely um, communicative, handicapped um, student, non-communicative um, uh, autistic students for for a good chunk of those years. So I did have cerebral palsy in some of my earlier classes. So yeah, special ed is, is definitely near and dear to my heart for sure. Uh, yeah, just quickly tell me how uh, that uh, portion of your life inspired you, if at all. Well, you know, that one actually got inspired when I was in the second grade. Um, I uh, I went to this elementary school and in Kansas and I, it used to make me mad. They used to make fun of the special ed students in the playground. And I don't know, it just made me mad. And I don't know, there's something about that that made me want to do um, special education and be a special ed teacher. So well, I went for my master's and I went, I didn't even teach really regular ed. I went straight for special ed. I don't know. They just called out to me. So, Well, I, I have to tell you that you have to be uh, cut from a certain fabric to do that job. So I... I want to again celebrate that for you because it's important work isn't it well it is definitely yes and wow what you do is so important too i'm just so impressed with your whole background and everything i haven't i haven't dug into even i mean a, a fourth of it i'm sure but wow i've just seen your youtube videos and you're amazing you really are well such thanks. a role model well, for everything yeah well thanks so much you know uh, yeah, I'll share just a little bit about myself since you brought it up. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I uh, have lived my entire life with uh, CP, and I actually found out at the age of nine because of the severity of my uh, CP that I wouldn't uh, be able to walk for the duration, the duration of my life without assistance. But I always tell myself that inclusion is the gateway to independence, and, you know, yeah. we're all dealt sort of a deck of cards and I try to stack my deck in my favor, right? So that's Well, you have done that for sure. My gosh. Wow. And paved the way for other people for sure. Well, you know, I hope so. And you know, life is all about giving back and paying it forward, isn't it? Definitely. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm curious to ask you also about food prep, Amy, and the importance of uh, Food prepping correctly because I, I I know there's a sort of inexact science to doing that and there's a, a real benefit to doing it correctly, isn't there? Oh, definitely. And I do it a little bit differently than most people. Um, a lot of food prep programs you'll see, they're, they're very like type A, very scripted, like Monday you make this, Tuesday you make this, Wednesday you make that. And I don't, I don't, I don't do that. That's not me at all. I like to create beautiful meals and then I freeze a bunch of like different parts. And then I go to the freezer. Like when I don't know what we're having for dinner tonight, 
I'm just going to go to the freezer around five o'clock and I'll pull out my different parts and combine them all and make and make a, you know, make a wonderful meal. So I do things a little bit differently than other people. Um, and I do a lot of portioning where a lot of people will like say freeze a whole lasagna. I don't do that. I, I, I take the, I make a lasagna say, and I cut it into um, different into pieces smaller pieces. I don't, I'm a big believer in modif in modifying or, uh, you know, not eating so much at a time. Um, and so I will freeze them into little pieces. And then whenever we want to have say lasagna, I'll pull out some of my homemade focaccia bread. I'll pull out my, um, my lasagna and I'll make a quick salad and a side dish. And then we'll have that for dinner. And you can do it all within, you know, 30 minutes easily, sometimes 20 or less. It just depends. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, when you're talking about cooking, you know, especially for busy professionals, everybody wants to save time, money, and eliminate their stress for sure. And I, I know that you have a, a particular method that you help people sort of adopt in order to, to do that. So I, I'm wondering if you could share that with me this afternoon. Sure, sure. I can give you a few little nuggets. Um, so most people, when they think of food prep, they think of you know, what we call the big cook day, where you spend all day in the kitchen and you make all this stuff and then you freeze it or you or if you if you've seen the five black boxes that people put all their food in for the week. Um, that's that's not how I like to do things, but there's three different methods. And one of my favorite methods um, to doing food prep is what I call the multiply it method. So say you're going to make, say, spaghetti or something. Um, and if you, if you're going to make spaghetti, say three times, you'd have to go to the store three times. You'd have to, um, you know, get all the ingredients. You'd have to cook three times, do all the dishes three times. That's a lot of work. Where is if you just multiply it in the first place, you make say double or triple the recipe. It might be a little bit more cooking than, than, you know, it might take a little bit more time to do it the one time, but you save so much time by not, you know, and you have all this food on hand in the freezer ready to go. So that's one of my my best methods, really. And it's all about portioning and then freezing it. Um, and you can't just throw it in Ziploc bags or in, you know, um, containers. You, there's a certain way to to um, to freeze it so it doesn't get freeze or burn. And so it lasts for a long time. So many of my foods, I mean, seriously, they'll last at least a year in the freezer. Um, if it's if it's sealed right and packed away right, that you can keep it for a long time. And then that way you can pull out whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I'm a huge believer in the power of uh, human connection. And I know one of the ways that you do that is by uh, teaching uh, instructional cooking uh, courses and for your food blog. So tell me about connecting with people and really uh, diving into the diversity of people because it sounds like uh, fascinating work, isn't it? Oh, it is. I, you know, and it, it it's interesting with the tea room, I had a huge connection because people came in all the time. But with the online business, it's really a different, it's really a different beast, you know, trying to figure out how to connect with people. So for my food blog, I, I have my gourmet done skinny food blog, I send out um, uh, monthly emails to um, anybody who signed up for my newsletter. So I connect with people that way. And then I have a, a private gourmet and skinny group, so I um, a Facebook group, so I connect with people that way. Um, my biggest way lately for connecting is I have a food prep for foodies membership. 
So people join my membership and then weekly I send them emails and, and I have videos on how to cook certain foods and how to freeze certain foods. Um, and I've also been doing some in-person classes on how to food prep and, and other cooking classes as well. So I, I love, I do love the in-person, but you know, you can't always do in-person, but I do love that connection. Oh, well, there's, there's value in authentic human connection, isn't there? Yes, most definitely. Absolutely. And you, you know, I, I'm curious to ask you about sort of uh, some of the mistakes that people make when they food prep or freeze food. And what, what, do you, what do you think people need to know about how to food prep correctly and how to preserve their food as well? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, they, I think a lot of people think it takes too much time. That's, that's one of the problems. And a lot of people think that you have to know how to cook. You have to be a good cook. You don't have to be a good cook at all. Um, and as far as like the, um, the freezing and, and how I do it, I use a vacuum sealer and it really makes a huge difference because if you suck all of that air out in the food, then it prevents freezer burn and that food will last a long time. And if you spend, you know, if you're going to spend money on quality food, quality vegetables, um, quality meats, you know, and you and you go to the effort of cooking, you want it to last. I mean, if you're going to do if you're going to take the time to cook, you want it to, to last. And so I just believe in using like, you know, good herbs, good, good produce, good meats, and then making that dish once and then proportioning it into, um, you know, smaller portions and then freezing it with, you know, a vacuum seal um, system. Yeah, uh, uh, just building on that, Amy, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the old saying, everything in moderation, and how, how you sort of apply it to your life. Uh, I do apply that, especially with uh, with weight loss, um, the moderation, because like when I did Weight Watchers, it was all about points, and um, not that it's bad, I lost a lot of weight with them, but um you know, it was all about points and, and saving points and all that. And, you know, really, I just didn't want to be on a diet the rest of my life. And when you eat like a natural eater and you eat in moderation and you eat only when you're hungry and you only eat until you're just full, moderation is the key. You don't have to be on a diet. You can have that piece of pizza. But what I do is I might I might order a pizza. It's not like I always cook, but I might order a good pizza that I like and I'll eat one piece. And then I'll vacuum seal and freeze the rest of those pieces individually. And then the next time I want pizza, I'll pull it out. But there's a trick to reheating. So like for pizza, say, I'll microwave it maybe for 25 seconds to get it warm. And then I'll pop it in my toaster oven for about three minutes on broil and that crisp it up. So it doesn't taste like, you know, microwave pizza. It tastes, it's not quite as fresh as when you first got, you know, first order it, but it tastes pretty darn good. So eating in moderation is perfect with my method because you just eat a little bit. And if you want more, then you can always get more out. But um, the way I do it, and you don't waste a lot of food when you do it this way, when you portion it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I'm fascinated to get your perspective on creating good nutritional habits and how you think uh, people can get into the practice of healthy eating. What do you think the keys are there? Well, I think the the part of the key is finding foods that you like for sure. Um, it does take a little bit of a transition and a mindset. So if you're used to eating sugar and processed food, just know it's going to take a little bit of time 
to, you know, to make that shift. But once you do that, um, you know, you really recognize the value of good food and you, a, a, a quick story to this, my son, he's 23 and he's, he's started a new job and he's all excited, but he needs to take food for, for work or he wants to take food for work. And so this morning he's like, mom, what do we have in the freezer that I could take to work? And I said, well, we have um, some, he likes bison. I said, we have a little bison sliders. You could, you could take those. You could take a handful of tomatoes. You could take some peppers. He's like, okay, great. And he's like, because you know, mom, everybody goes to the convenience store across the street. They spend $12 every day. They get all those caffeinated drinks and they get that yucky food from the convenience store. And he's like, I don't like that food. And it just, it made my heart uh, melt because, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like fast food. It's, he likes real food. So once you make the mindset and you shift to, to eating whole foods, you really, you really don't want that stuff anymore. And it's a lot easier to eat healthy when, you know, when it's something you like. Um, I try to eat 80% healthy and then 20% of like treats and, and other things like that. But that's kind of my general rule. Yeah, or well, again, everything in moderation, right? Exactly. And my saying is, I'd rather have a little slice of heaven than a whole lot of yuck. Because, you know, sometimes a lot of those those diets, they've got fat-free this and sugar-free this, and you can eat as much as you want. But really, I'd really have, I'd rather have a little bite of cheesecake, real good cheesecake, than have all that other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Amy, as I shared with you, I'm a big believer in creating inclusive environment and i think one of the funnest ways we can do that is through uh -huh. cooking oh so, definitely so tell me how do you think we we can make cooking a more inclusive experience that everyone can enjoy because it, it can be fun for everybody in the family can't it oh oh definitely and i in fact i just not too long ago i taught a or i i did an interview um for an autistic uh, parents of autistic children. And I talked to them about how they can include their kids in cooking activities. I mean, even nonverbal kids can do it, that kind of thing. Anybody really, I mean, it's just a matter of figuring out the roles that people can do. Some people can stir, some people can, um, you know, uh, cut things up. Some people, I mean, like with the, with the autistic children and the, and the interview that I did with them, you know, you could have the kids bag up the rice or whatever, the casserole or whatever it is. And you could have them, if they're not very good at whatever, they could just push the button. I mean, it doesn't have to be big. It could just be just as, as simple as pushing the button on the vacuum sealer, you know, and you could have somebody scoop. I mean, there's all sorts of different ways to include everybody in this. Um, you know, like, in, and even the grandparents, maybe they can't, you know, dish things out because their hands, it's too hard for their hands. So you have one of the kids do that. And then maybe they do something else. Maybe they, they actually cook the meal. I mean, it just depends on, you know, you can make everybody's ability work with, with all of this. I really believe I, I used to joke, I used to, because I was in special ed, I used to what I called, I wrote potty goals for a living. And if you can do that, if you can break down potty goals, to very finite little things, you could find a way to have people cook in the kitchen. I mean, it really, it's not hard. It's just a matter of thinking about it and breaking the task down. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as we started our conversation this afternoon, Amy, I talked about uh, passion and purpose. And I know that you've been in this industry since uh, 2003, and you've also been, as you mentioned, a restaurant owner. So I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on how 
the hospitality industry has sort of shifted. And when you, you talk about finding your passion in life, I'm curious to get your thoughts whether you have any advice for people like yourself uh, that want to do the same thing that you did and work with your passion. What, what are your advice there as well? Yeah, well, working with your passion, you know, you never know where that inspiration is going to come from. And, you know, just take as many classes as you can on absolutely everything. Um, it, it's I was just talking to my son about this the other day when I was in high school, I worked at a gift shop and my boss hated her job. And um, so I got to do lots of things. I got to order everything. I got to do all these special things that normally as a high schooler, you wouldn't get to do, but I, I really enjoyed the role and I, and I, and I loved it. I didn't know that later in life that would help me, you know, do my own business. And so, and we're working at a pizza restaurant when I was younger, that helped me do my restaurant business. You just, you never know where all your inspiration is going to come from at all. It all kind of accumulates over time. And so my, like when I started food blogging, I had no idea how to do SEO. I had no idea how to write a blog. I had no idea how to import pictures or video or edit. But the more you you just need to take classes and get yourself excited. And, um, you know, and, and the other thing is belong to groups. I mean, there's there's a ton of groups. I'm in a, a group on how to how to create a membership. And there's just so much enthusiasm and help and support. Um, so find something you're passionate about and then get in a group and, and find out more about it. Um, but don't be afraid. Like, I mean, I, I didn't, I'm not a chef. I, I, I clearly admit that I'm just a person who loves to cook, but I wasn't afraid to open a restaurant. I mean, I just jumped in and I just knew I was going to do it. And so don't be afraid of, of doing that. Follow your dreams. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And, you know, Amy, Amy I'm, I'm curious to ask you about, how do you define commitment? Because I know you've done everything from uh, teaching uh, cooking classes to writing blogs to writing uh, more than 15 books. And you're, you're also a cooking instructor. So I'm curious, where does your sense of commitment come from? And what does that word mean to you? Well, commitment is everything to me. I don't know. I just... I stand, if I write a goal, I'm going to do it. I, I've just always been one of those passion driven people. I, every night I write three things that I'm going to, I have this little dry erase um, desk mate thing. And every, every night I write three things that I'm going to work on tomorrow that I really want to get done. And I just, I don't know. I just have this drive to, to succeed. I I've always had it. I don't know. And I, I think it's because I love what I'm doing. If I didn't love what I'm doing, I'm not motivated. So um, you know, in school, people told me, you know, oh, you're, you're, you can't, you're, you need, can't take this class. You're not going to be very good at it. Well, it just made me want to take it even more and, and do it. I don't know. I don't, I don't like being told no, I guess. That's another thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, it, and, you know, it's always good to bet on ourselves, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's and, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious to uh, get your perspective on how, your food blog has positively impacted people. What sort of a difference has it made? Well, hopefully it's made a, a big difference. I mean, I've, I've given people, um, you know, alternative uh, recipes for healthy things. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I, and I, I kind of go against, I, 
the food blogging industry, there's, there's so many rules and things that you should do. And finally, I just kind of gave up when with some of that stuff. And I just decided, what would I like if I were looking at a food blog? And so I have step by step instructions with pictures, it may not be the, the most the fastest thing. But I just want my people to be able to look and see step by step how to cook something. So I kind of go with my what my users want. And that's, that's how I do my blog. You know, I don't worry so much about the form and all that I, I always have like, how to make this recipe and pictures. Um, and I did I have shied away from the, um, the counting calories, because I'm more of an intuitive eater now. So my earlier recipes had Weight Watcher points and calories and all that. Now I just have calories um, because I'm I'm more about eating in moderation and, and making smaller portions than um, counting calories. I don't count calories anymore. Yeah, and you also said that you're dedicated to showing people and others that you don't have to suffer eating boring and bland right. meals in order order to lose what weight. So I'm wondering if you, I can dive into that for me. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times we, we think we need butter and oil and, you know, lots of cheese and all this stuff in order to make a recipe good. But really, if you use quality ingredients, you use fresh veg, veggies, fresh meats, if you, you can use a lot of herbs and that will, that will make it not boring, not bland. And also you can use oil, like I have a, a little mister that I put olive oil in, good olive oil. I use just a couple of squirts of that instead of using like a whole tablespoon of oil. So there's lots of tips and tricks you can do to make um, recipes more healthy, but you can make them definitely more flavorful if you use, you know, good produce and good herbs um, and spices. And, and, and we tell me, why do you love recipes so much and showing people uh, the step-by-step sort of guide on how to create healthy recipes. So why does recipes and creating recipes really get a night of fire for you? Well, it just really does. And it's so funny because um, the way I cook is not, is not, um, it's not usually like measure this out. I really, I, one of my tea cookbooks was called a little of this and a little of that. And that's how I cook. But for the recipe blog, I know people can't do that. So I, I definitely put how much to put. But I want it simple for people to to be able, I mean, really, it's not hard to follow step-by-step -step directions. And so that's why I like to, I don't know, I just, and, and it's funny, whenever I make my own recipes, I find myself like, like varying it or altering it. And it's like, oh, wait, you've already done this. I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't like to follow recipe. I like to just create. That's just what I like to do when I'm cooking. And I yeah. always think, oh, this would be good. So I'm going to add a little of this, or I'm going to add a little of that. And I want people to be able to experiment with, well, with my recipes. Well, experimentation is the fun part when you cook, right? Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm curious to ask you, what's the best part for you for being a mom? I'm fascinated. For being a mom? Oh, Oh, there's just so much right now. I'm really enjoying um, my son. He's 23 and I enjoy our conversations because he's, he's an adult and it's just interesting to hear his views on life. And it's just, I don't know. I'm really enjoying the connecting. I loved it when he was little too, both of my kids. 
And, but I'm really enjoying this adult connection. Um, and my oldest son got married last month and that was, oh, I love that connection. That was just so much fun with the family and everybody. We just had a blast. Well, I tell you, when your kids still want to hang out with you after they turn 18, you've done something right, right? <laughs> that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's true. That's exactly right. And <laughs> You know, I mean, for anybody watching or listening to this, I, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on if they really think cooking is a passion for them, how do you think they can really use cooking as sort of a long, long game for creating a career? What do you think is the key to longevity in this industry? I think the variety. Um, because if I would have stuck with the tea room, that was, I mean, that was different. That was getting up at four in the morning and getting to the tea room and making scones every day and doing dishes and staying till late. I think the variety is good. So like try to get a variety of experiences, whether it be in a restaurant, whether it be, you know, working for somebody, um, whether it be teaching your own classes, I think, you know, and, and maybe doing video, that's a whole nother um, part. But I think the variety for me, that's what I love about the blog and the membership, because I can do I do video, I do editing. Um, it's not just about the cooking, but I love all the I love all the parts, actually. But I think it's, you know, making having a lot of variety, if I just cooked every day, you know, and just like, I wouldn't do well if I worked at a restaurant and just cooked every day. That's and may, and had to make the same thing every day. I like be creative. So I think it's good to try different, um, different avenues, like, you know, teaching or working in a restaurant or, you know, creating your own recipes. There's just uh, so many different things you can do reading about new recipes and creating your own, um, making, finding a recipe that, that you just love, but you want to make it healthy, you know, trying to do that. Just, all different variety, I think. Variety is the spice of life, they say, and I think that's really true. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I'm curious, uh, based on what you started as a content creator to what you are now, what do you think is the secret sauce to success, to being a, a successful content creator? Well, I think um, farming out, and I learned this with the restaurant too, farming out the things that you, you're not good at or you don't like, um, I don't really care for social media. I just don't like making content and doing all that. And I have a, an excellent social media person who's doing that for me. And um, it's just doing the. And I also have a virtual assistant who does all the um, the marketing, the, um, oh, you know, like I have templates and different things like that. And she does all that part doing, doing. So I get to do the things that I love, you know, that's, I think that's key for me is finding the parts I love and then letting somebody else do the parts that, that I don't love. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I'm reminded of something like my dad tells me all the time that uh, being able to delegate gives them the widest smile, right? Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> That's exactly right. And Amy, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the whole concept of hope and prosperity and how you define hope and prosperity. I'm not sure I define it, but hope and prosperity are everything. If you don't have hope, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how I could live if I didn't have hope. Hope is, hope is big to me and prosperity. I think they go hand in hand. Um, I think, you know, your gifts matter. 
your story matters, your dreams matter. And I think you got to have hope for all those things to come true, or you're not going to feel passionate and fulfilled in life. So I do believe hope is absolutely everything. And you need to have a dream and you need to go for it and, you know, and not listen to what other people say. You know, people told me before that the little tiny town in, in California where I had my tea room, they told me it was a beer town and it was not a tea town, but I proved them wrong. So, you know, I had hope. Well, you know, Amy, I, I always wake up every morning and I tell people that the only, the only set of expectations you, you have to meet on your own, right? Exactly. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah, and I've been talking about your latest book. I know it's an international bestseller, The Power of Food Prep. So tell me about the book and, and the mission behind writing it as well. Thank you. Well, yes. So that happened last year, and um, and it happened actually because I was a member of this weight loss group, and uh, uh, it was Cookie Rosenberg's group, Rosenblum's group, and she asked me to be a guest speaker and talk about food prep and for her members. And so I just thought, well, I'll put together some things for food prep. And so I put together some things. And um, so I went on her um, on her uh, group and I told showed her members how to how I do food prep. And I really just didn't think it was anything special. I just thought it was just everyday ideas and no big deal. But her members went crazy. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. And so that's what made me realize, wow, maybe I should think about writing a book because I'd written all these other books for my recipes. And I thought, I'm going to try to do this. So I'm going to write a book. And so that's what I did. And um, I luckily a cookbook is very different from from this book. This book does have recipes in it as well. But this book has a lot of stories in it. And um, I the other cookbooks I self published myself with my husband. But this book, I ended up going with a, um, it was elite online publishing and they helped me um, do, it's still self-publishing, but they helped me do the book. And Anita is the one that told me how to do these stories. And she said, write it, write stories, bring up all these different stories because it just makes it so much more readable and people will love it. And so, so it's all about my stories. My, my dad was a, um, an officer in the army for many years and they had to do a lot of parties and and my mom hated to cook so I that's how I got started I used to cater a lot of their parties and so some of those stories are in my book um so my book's about my food prep method and then in the back of the book are some of the recipes that work really well for food prep and so that's what my book's about well I tell you um making anything relatable makes it more sellable isn't it Oh, definitely, definitely. But I had no idea. I just thought it, it would have been a boring book had I not had those people. Anita really helped me. I just, if I hadn't had that, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's everybody has their own little craft, and they knew what they were doing, and you know, it's, it's, it was neat. I, I, it was a really great experience. I have to say. Well, that's fabulous, and you know, carving out our own lane in life is how we diversify perspective, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I love that. Carving out your own line in life. I haven't heard that. That's really neat. I like that. Well, uh, when you use it again, and if, and if you ever make more money, I only want 15%, I promise, okay? <laughs> well, I'm writing it down and I'm quoting you. So. Oh, well, yes, of course. And, uh, you know, I have my final question for you this afternoon has to do with your own individual and personal and professional legacy and how 
you want your legacy to be defined? I think I want my legacy to de to be defined that I feel like cooking is love, food is love, and I want to pass on this love of, of this passion and love of cooking to anybody because there's so many people that quote hate to cook and I have inspired so many people that used to hate to cook. They love to cook now. And so my legacy is to, to inspire people who didn't think they could cook or didn't think they would ever like it. I want to inspire them to feel successful in the kitchen. So I think that's my legacy. Fabulous. And tell me finally, if people want to get connected with the great work that you're doing, what's the best way they can do that? Oh, they can go to my, my blog, gourmetdunskinny.com. And from there, you can find my book and you can find my food prep membership. But yes, gourmetdunskinny.com is probably the best way to get to me. And there's a little contact. You can email me from there, too. Well, fabulous, Amy. I have to tell you that you're my last podcast of the week. And oh. you, you brought energy and enthusiasm, enthusiasm to our conversation. I want to commend you for the great work that you're doing to help us live in a more healthier world and get people inspired and ignited for a passion for cooking. So your work in the space and time on my behalf is most appreciated. And I want to thank you for being here today. Well, thank you so much for, for, um, for having me. I'm, I'm really, I'm just beyond grateful. This has been a really delightful interview. Thank you so much, Kevin.